scientific way to look at magic, right? Yeah. And it's just like, no, we just we just don't have we don't have the function right. Let's go back to the line of code and figure out why it's only doing one thing when we can make it like how do we put the for loop in? <laughs> when do we put the for loop? <laughs> but the thing about it is like he loves a for loop but doesn't give a fuck about bugs. <laughs> Welcome to Cattles of Runeterra. I forgot what we do. I'm just Arcane kidding. episode <laughs> five. I got you. I got you. I'm here for you. We're still here. Listen, this is a lot. There's a lot going on with you. Listen, I'm your host, Ryan, here with the other host. Uh, also known as the conductor of the hype train. The hype choo train is choo. continuing. Choo choo. The arc, arc train. Arc train. The Shut arch- up. No, go, go housekeeping up top. Housekeeping up top. You can listen to us everywhere. Visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info and then choose the platform that works best for you and listen to us there. And then you can also send an email to podcastcore at gmail.com uh, and leave a like, follow, and a short review slash comment. It helps us a lot and we appreciate it as always. I mean, we just appreciate you guys listening. But the easiest way is just to tell a friend. To consider the corporate interest by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. That's right. We're in LLC now. <laughs> so we promised you, you know, we get these episodes in three chunks, which means you get these episodes in three chunks. And we just finished episode five and a bit mixed. This is probably the most mixed we've been on an episode, which is fine. Listen, the show's amazing. We want to reiterate that as much as possible. Um, but this one should move a little quicker because there's not much here in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, the only spoiler I'll give right now is that this is pretty much the fan service episode. Yeah. So, I, ironically, it's the middle of the middle. It is the middle of the middle. <laughs> which, which in when you look at shows, tends to be where, you know, you... You don't really climax, but you're trying to keep the story going and start moving in the direction towards the end. So it makes sense. But there are some, you know, we'll get into it. Let's just, let's start, right? Yeah. yeah. And we start with the first weird piece, which we've mentioned in a previous episode. Oh, my goodness. We start with a flashback. I'm not a big fan of them. Hetch is less of a stickler for them. Um, I'm less of a stickler, but this one is like this episode in general kind of got under my skin with the flashbacks. Um, Because one, I'm just not a fan as far as like outright starting your episode with the flashback Mm -hmm. at least like with episode two it was a bit more of like the memento style of flashback of like now we're seeing the same story we watch from a different perspective whereas this one is now going back to that same time frame with uh caitlin training in the woods and then we see that she's actually training with grayson uh and instead of it being outright training it's a kind of rifleman tournament uh and yeah we see that you know caitlin is already a really good shot at a young age which makes sense a lot of good shooters in this show weird weird huh a lot of of adcs (laughs) (laughs) it's like this is the adk show Uh, you know what supports get out yeah, what's going to happen to the jungle season? Like, when the jungle is, are they going to... All right, moving on. So we get to see the Grayson thing. That's cool. Um, and then we get a cut to where we left off. 
in the previous episode. Yeah, and that's what made like this whole scene just feel so weird to me. Out of place, it, was like, yeah. it was like, okay, yeah, like Caitlin wanted to be a cop. Her her you know, her conversations with Grayson, you know, solidified going there. Did we need that? Why yeah. start start the episode this way? All right. So then we get to the actual beginning of the episode, which is Caitlin figuring out who Vi is. Uh, yeah, that's something that we didn't really I guess didn't really mention in, I mean, we did mention that Caitlin didn't have much screen time in the first act, which makes sense, but I didn't realize myself that there was such a disconnect between all the stuff that was going on with Vi and where Caitlin was, because she was kind of a sheltered child at that point, right? Yeah. Um, so to see them finally interact, you have the natural trope of, you know, the posh girl and the more street tough one. And that's kind of a natural dialogue we've seen a million times. Uh, we get Vi's inmate number, which is cool. 516 yeah. might get a skin out of that or if, does one already exist i don't know if one exists i would have to double check to see if one oh, exists we need a prisoner skin yeah prisoner tats out and everything that's dude dope. dude like and then get like the full-on russian tats yeah. and then just 516 in the middle oh that would be dope okay uh that that would be sick um a lot of really cool things that we see and or the facts that we get in the scene um we now know that vi was basically black opt into prison yep um, I, I kind of not too long ago, like rewatched like the Punisher Netflix series mm -hmm. and it's kind of like that vibe of like, Hey, you know, put, put your name in the system. You didn't exist before coming in this prison. Yeah. And Caitlin's basically saying that about Vi. So we know that she was in prison for God knows what. None of us have an idea. We know that Silco has been dealing with Vi in prison because Vi thinks that Caitlin is on Silco's payroll. Yeah. And that's when Caitlin actually gets a name, uh, a name to her investigation. It's the first time that she has a name other than just a drawing of one of Jinx's. So we know that we know that Silco's been sending people into the jail after Vi. And now we know that what Silco does for a living, Silco is in the industrial aspect of Zon. So yep. he's a well-known name topside. And he clearly has a front to his business. So this is a That's much more good criminal. Like, yeah. Yeah. Good, it's good. much more like an actual criminal story yeah. right now, which is cool. Yeah. So we get all that information. Um, we get a wrap up of this scene with uh, Vi convincing Caitlin to take her out of jail so she can actually help her with the Silco situation. She does that with the recent. Um, uh, council member jace's approval his, on his first night first night <laughs> as a counselor and everybody's like that's bold um you don't do that in politics too soon too soon but that's how we get them as the duo we're going to see going through this and, and keep in mind the too soon as far as yes. a politician doing things quickly that will come back yes <laughs> but uh, from there we end up going back to seeing silco and not only do we see Silco, but we, uh, well, before we see that, we get to see the burial of the, yeah. of the enforcers that died in Jinx's first attack. And it, the services are led by Marcus. Yeah. We get to see Marcus with his daughter. We yeah, get that's to cool. Yeah, we get to see. The, it's a lot of time. Is, it, it, it's, they're not playing around with saying, hey, time is like. Time is a series of explosions in this show. Oh, it's yeah. Like, when time's covered, stuff happens. Yeah. Um, so, and then he visits Grayson's grave, and then we go from the graveside straight to him confronting Silco about this attack because he knows that everything that's happening in Zon 
Silco knows about. Yeah. And to him, he's like, oh, well, you ordered this attack and you've gone too far. Yeah. Um, like well, he does kind of mention, like he says she at one point, mm-hmm. which makes me think that uh, Marcus is aware of Jinx or at this point, I guess, Powder technically but we're yeah we're definitely seeing a lot more of jinx <laughs> and, oh uh, yeah yeah uh so maybe he knows that like maybe that you know jinx could have done this on her own but you know you're responsible for this silco um and we get a good parallel here to see essentially the the job switch right we have silco essentially replacing vander and then we have marcus replacing um grayson as far as the balance and the dynamic between topside and the undercity and the cool part about that is it's almost like the the revol not the revolution the younger version because Vander and Grayson's were more tempered it was more undercover it was slower moves right and smaller moves and everything that's happening now with Silco and Marcus is very big and it's disrupting things which obviously plays in everything <laughs> yeah yeah you know a bombing that kills six police officers is pretty big that's that's pretty big the <laughs> balance is fucked <laughs> yeah and. And we know from the uh, from episode four that this is because Silco is trying to get more power back into yes. Zon. Um, but I, as far as this scene ends with Silco basically saying, OK, well, hey, we have the scapegoat, which are the firelights, um, which were the, the Kim punks on the hoverboards in episode four. But um, other than just the mention that, hey, here's here's the guys that you can pin the bombing on. We don't see any of the firelights for the rest of this episode, which I yeah. guess is, you know, a spoiler for this episode. But we don't see any more of them, which I kind of find weird. Like it, I, it to feels, name them. Yeah, yeah. Like, we got a name for them. We saw we saw one of their faces. Granted, they died. Um, but then like the leader of that group, like clearly reacted like in a sense of yeah. anger. And then so, like so I get a vibe they're going to come back, but we don't see them. Yeah. So we know that Silco is going to try to pin the blame on them. And then that's all. That's it. Yeah. We don't talk about them for the rest of the episode. Yeah. Wh- I find that weird. It, it's it's one of those things with this episode. And then we jump once again back to the Jace Victor situation. And we're starting to see a little bit of a change with Jace here. Right. We're starting to see him lose a little bit of that zeal and that focus on, you know, the betterment of society. Because now he's a council member that we talked about how they played on that um, in our episode uh, for recap. But one thing we do get to see a lot of is Victor's deteriorating health. Yeah. Um, that's becoming more and more of a concern because, as we mentioned, this is something we don't get in the previous lore in the previous stories so much. Yeah, like, it, the lore definitely picks up a lot more, like, after Jace and Victor's falling out. Um, and we're definitely getting to see more details as to how they're falling out, which which I we can pin a bit as far as Jace playing more the politician. Yeah. Um, which even in this scene, it's like, hey, you're putting a lot of new changes in security and people aren't going to like that. And Marcus yeah. is the one saying this, which, of course, Marcus isn't going to like that. He's working directly with the enemy. <laughs> um, and, but so we we got that aspect. And then it's like his deteriorating health, as well as like trying to advance the technology he's working on, too. Uh, we're seeing it now. of just like, no, no, we got to. What, what are you doing, Jace? Yeah. Well, let's just get this done. Uh, but we also get to see him kind of freaking out a little bit, staring at the hex tech. Um, so yeah. we're not sure if this is just his health and like you know his 
you know, losing consciousness or if he the hex tech starting to kind of mess with his brain a little bit. And this is one of the good areas that's handled very well in this episode is the parallels between how Victor is looking at hex tech and how Jinx is looking at hex tech that she stole in episode four. And we get a good transition here where we go from Victor health kind of deteriorating, but very focused on the hex tech stuff. And then we cut to Jinx messing with it in her way, which is more chaotic. We still get her scenes with a lot of the choppiness. Um, and that fits very well into the unstableness of Hextech. Yeah. Um, Jace, Jace and Victor, clearly the scientists of the show, <laughs> and they're clearly approaching it right. Jinx is very smart despite her crazy antics, yep. but she is definitely approaching everything with a fuck around and find out attitude. Timer would be terrified. And. <laughs> That fuck around attitude is mixed with a bit of PTSD during this time frame. She does, you know, mess around with the hex tech, but she's getting these, um, I forgot what they're called when you have PTSD, but they're essentially triggers where she's thinking about it critically, quote unquote, but then she'll have a moment where a hex, like a gem will flash and they'll throw her back into those moments, which makes it even more volatile of a situation, um, which is, which is scary. I mean, we're, we're getting to see more of the jinx that we know yeah. and love. It's cool to get more uh, yeah. scenes with her. Yeah. Um, but I, I think this is the part where it's like, okay, we go from Victor, Jace to the jinx transition. Then it transitions to Vi and Caitlin. And this is fun, but kind of weirdly placed. Um, but it's, hey, you're out of prison now. Let's figure out how to get into the Undercity. And Vi's like, why are we wasting time? Doesn't even get on the ship. It's just like, let's go, hops over the fence and runs down in this cool parkour scene um, into the Undercity. Man, Vi is OP in yeah. the show already. Okay. Like she she's Nerf Vi. Yeah, Nerf Vi, please. <laughs> like she's ripped. She kicks ass. Now she's got parkour. Yeah. Like, 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 Everybody's buff. Her character sheet's too good. Everybody's buff in this show. Um, now, the, the best part of this scene in my book, though, is the fact that we get to finally see the shot that was used in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, which was really cool because in the, when they showed it in the trailer, Vi's hood was up. So we, we didn't have an idea, a clue that this was Vi during the trailer. Yeah. So it was really nice to see that bit. Um, oh, true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like yeah. they 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 definitely kept it a little bit incognito during it. But uh, I I do also enjoy as far as when they get down there, she just immediately runs into pickpockets, decides to kick their butts, and then they hey nice jacket, and it's like hey posh little Caitlin, here's your disguise now. You're welcome, <laughs> and when that's her grand return to the lanes. There you go. It's her, it's her first gift from the lanes. Um, we then cut back to Jace and Victor, and Victor kind of noticing Jace's you know views shifting. And he's like, listen, I'm focused on this hex tech, and I think we were doing it right, but we can do it better by thinking differently, which is good research, right? That's just the, the researcher mind in Victor. And he mentioned something that obviously Hetch and I latched onto, which is hex tech AI, which is instead of us driving, we just monitor what the hex tech wants to do. Mm-hmm. And, we know why that's dangerous. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I put, <laughs> is there a Terminator in this universe? Do you think? Uh, there's not a Terminator, but we do have um, we do have someone fighting against a Terminator, and that's uh, and that's Rise. Like, oh, that's his yeah. whole shtick. <laughs> um, oh no, there is there is a Terminator. There is a Terminator brand. <laughs> oh, sh- 
All right, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Um, we'll move on. I, and, but I do love like a. I do love a quote that I wrote down here, which is um, from Victor and him saying that majors are not bound by are not bound to single functions, um, yeah. which is just such a such a techie and scientific way to look at magic. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, no, we just we just don't have we don't have the function. Right. Let's go back to the line of code and figure out why it's only doing one thing when we can make it. Like, how do we put the for loop in? <laughs> when do we put the for loop? <laughs> but the thing about it is, like, he loves a for loop, but doesn't give a fuck about bugs. <laughs> <laughs> but we get to go back to our duo now. And this is where you get a lot of more of the safer content. We get the not buddy cop situation, but yeah, you, you get sort of a buddy cop with Vi and Kate. A little bit. Kate's posh. Vi is Harden. You get some of the fun play between them. Um, and she's kind of introducing her to the streets and how it works. And she thinks Vi is just fucking around. But Vi is using her street smarts to get more information to track down her goal. Yeah. Uh, I. And the, my favorite part of this scene is that the guy that's running the street uh, stand is uh, a Mirai. Yes. Um, so that was um, something I latched onto immediately. And I'm excited to see if we get to see more of the races that aren't inherently known to Piltover yes. and Zahn. Like, because Runeterra is a living, breathing world. Let's see the world. Yeah. So we get some back and forth there, a little bit of progress. And then we bounce to our other duo, um, which we've asked the serious question in our last episode, <laughs> uh, Mel and Jace. <laughs> and there's a lot of shadows in this one, a lot of shading <laughs> In the uh, mood setting, but we get Mel and Jay's kind of talking political nuance and Jace finally comes out to her to say, listen, I know what you're doing. You got me involved in this. I didn't want to be involved in this. And Mel keeps playing her hand smoothly is like, listen, it's too late. People like you. They like what you have and you're the conductor. So stop with the kitty bullshit, right? You have to do this for the city. Um, and it takes him a bit. The scene progresses and he kind of just leans into it. Yeah. I mean, he's openly just starts off as saying that these, the politics is basically pissing him off. Yeah. Like he didn't want to do any of the political stuff. He just wanted to take his council seat so he can make Hextech safe. And honestly, Mel kind of manipulates him a good bit. Oh yeah. Like this isn't like Jace leans into it and he definitely can't spell manipulate without Mel. I think I'm, I'm done. I'm out. Goodbye. Yeah, there's an E at the end. There's no L though. Malipu is there a French version? <laughs> There's an L manipulate. I did it. We did it. We did I, it. No, I did it. It's <laughs> I'm Jace. I hate I hate you so much. <laughs> Go on. Never contact me again. <laughs> lose my lose my number. Um but so he he definitely gets played despite like, you know, leaning into it because it's not that he's playing his goals. Yeah. He's he's now just leaning into Mel's goals. Uh, but the, him leaning into it is definitely a little bit more of like the Jace that we know, like yes. the cocky, charismatic asshole. The, he looks a lot more like the cocky, charismatic asshole. We're starting asshole. to see that Mel is being a big factor in that personality change that. Absolutely. Obviously, you know, we don't have a Jace episode yet. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. But there's some stuff in our Victor episode that will give you that part of his, like when he gets older. We'll see. Yeah, we'll get, we'll, there. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. So we get a jump here 
to Jinx. And it, <laughs> this is a weird cut, but then it lines up very well with the next scene. We get Jinx visiting her old hideout, and then we also get Vi seeing what the last drop has become. And those are two important scenes, and they line up very well here. Yeah, and I, we're finally, like, I, I want to focus more on Vi getting to see the last drop because Jinx seeing something that's triggering a lot of these memories that are messing with her psyche is not new. Uh, but Vi having these memories triggered and having an emotional response to them is new. Yeah. So it, it's nice to see that Vi is not inhuman. Yeah. She's not just some psychopath that's just here for a boxing match. Uh, she is still very much human. Uh, but I, her next stop is definitely a lot more entertaining. Uh. <laughs> yeah. We're going to skip over the scene following that because it's just Jace wheeling and dealing again and some opera stuff. That's all politics. We're going to go back to the fun part, which is the Yordle and the Gimp suit. Uh, that's, listen. <laughs> Put this on the box cover, Riot. This is what sells gay. No, not only not only is that what sells games, but then like this is our first step into Riot, just giving the people exactly yep. what they want. This is so it. all of you, all of you lewd people on Twitter, <laughs> looters, rejoice! You yeah, got what get, you wanted. Oh, and there's more looting in this, um, but this is the first step. Yeah, we get you know Kate or Vi kind of you know telling Kate, "Hey, listen, you're pretty." Guys, girls, whatever it is, use that. Use that down here. This sells, right? And Kate leans into it. I thought they would go the posh route if she was very like hesitant and stuck up about it. But she's like, no, she's finally, it looks like having fun. Yeah. Um, because she's very sheltered. Cockney. Went full blown cockney <laughs> yeah. to fit in. It's pretty funny. Yeah. You can definitely tell like by the end of it that she does get to have fun with it because. I the, the what I put in my notes here is that um, was that her virgin mind was blown, um, <laughs> as far as where it started. But then you know even Vi like gets a look at, at the end of it. And it's like okay, okay, she's all right, she's all right. But the of course the most important thing here is that Vi kind of runs into the Den Mother, uh, yes. Which yeah, finally another Yordle prostitute. Yep, it's just what we wanted. Thank you. <laughs> um, and, but the, the, the den mother kind of catches first off, she catches Vi up to speed as mm -hmm. far as like, look, yeah, even the people that supported Vander, you know, we had to move on. Silco's got the power. Silco's got the money and Silco already had the name. So yeah. it was natural that he went ahead and took over. So whatever he's doing, we don't care because as long as the lane survived, the lane yeah. survived. Um, and but she does end up kind of backing her up as far as like, hey, you know, I do have I do have one of his goons as a regular. Yeah, I will get you in touch with her favorite with her favorite employee so that you can get a name and where to find her. Yeah. Um, and that that was the importance of this scene. So it's like, OK, Vi gets the info she needs, dips out and then we get. The rest of the fan service. And that is why this was fan service episode. We get, uh, so the answer to our question, they fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Mel and Jace get it on. We get some music in the background and we get something we didn't expect. So I would have never thought they would take this scene and intercut it 
with Victor essentially dying while working <laughs> on his latest project. Oh, um, man. Yeah, like, yeah. If you haven't worked a school project where, <laughs> where you felt like you were the only person doing the work, this is what it's like. Yeah. Is that you were at your desk, coughing up blood, dying while you're... But he's getting laid. <laughs> we watched this scene twice, not because it was sexy, <laughs> but because it was an interesting choice. Uh, because not only was Victor dying, but we also get something we've never expected, which was how blood interacts with Hextech. And that was like, okay. And I like there, that just brings up so many questions that I don't think that the show is going to answer because. Yeah. Um, we know that the hex tech is really just trying to find. We're a getting scient- in the midichlorian territory. Yeah. Well, here. We know it's, it's finding a scientific use for magic, yeah. like explaining magic with science. We know that there are such thing as sanguine or sanguimancers, so yep. uh, mages that work with blood. Uh, you yep. can check out our Victor episode if you want to listen to the most prominent one. Um, so that does exist in Runeterra, but there's no way that they're going to bring Victor or Vladimir yeah. over to the arcane. All right. Like Vladimir is not even present in Noxus. He is just in his crypt waiting for his next meal. Like yeah. he, he's not a face. Yeah. Like, so there, but so we know that the life force and magic go hand in hand and we get to see that here, but I don't think we're ever going to get that answer. Like, it was a, like we said, it's an interesting choice, but a, it's it's one of those scenes that feels out of place for the thematic progression of this episode. But it is a neat way to present it. Yeah. Um, that's the part that makes it wonky. Uh, but the part that's cool is the following scene. It's one of these things like this is why we said this is one of the most middling. You know, we're using that generously mm-hmm. um, in the other direction, but like. It's a good episode. It's just middling in the way it jumps from yeah. scene to scene. I, yeah, it, it's the way that it jumps, the amount of flashbacks, yeah. and then the fact that a lot of it is stuff that you have to read into. Exactly. Um, and like all the background knowledge we have helps a, a bit. We, we've built this entire show off of taking comics and bios yeah. written by Riot employees and reading into it. So, of course, <laughs> we can we can find this stuff and have fun with it. But I, I think a lot of people would kind of get bored with it. But yeah. Uh, the the next scene is edgy, yeah, like edge lord to the max. <laughs> Silco going Sil- back to his stomp. Well, not really stomping ground. It's like right. if so, if someone if someone is a uh, you know like an artist out there, I yeah. want a fan art of Silco uh, wearing an MCR shirt, the full on <laughs> swoop. Um, yeah, but I was we- thinking more of a Chris Angel style. <laughs> Like standing on the water with hands out cross style. Are you ready? Yeah, are you ready? <laughs> um, but yeah, that, like this scene can be summed up really quick. He yes. is, is just taking uh, powder, and I'm using that name specifically, taking powder to the water where he was nearly drowned. And as uh, uh, the old me died here, and I was reforged. Uh, you know, came out of the waters like a phoenix, and then have you heard my origin story? Yeah, so, and now Powder is baptized into the waters of Zon, yes, to be reborn as Jinx. But we do get just this very quick, you know, like cut of just the insanity within Jinx kind of being brought to life. So, 
Maybe the chemicals in the water is what's going to trigger all this, but it's very quick. And then we cut out of it immediately. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We cut out of it and we get to see. Now, this is a weird scene because it's essentially part of the enemy music video. Imagine Dragons is in the scene as and it, the whole thing is for Vi to get from one point to another. That's it. That's it. We won't go into it because we I don't have time for that. I can't even chime in on it. It's, it's weird. But the scene that does matter is we go back to Jace post-coitus. And he's, instead of being in bed with Mel, he's by Victor's bedside um, after his incident. And this is important because, remember, this whole episode, Jace is veering away from his previous goal. He's pulling away more from Victor, who was his partner in that goal. And Victor is staying, you know, headstrong on it and it's causing him to have health problems. So for him to be here for his friend at this moment is a catalyst, right? Because you would expect him to be with Mel, who's kind of winning when it comes to um, dominating his focus. Uh, so I thought this was a cool scene and it, it you know, it made me feel good to see him stand uh, sitting there. And what you want to see next is, OK, how does Victor respond to him being at his mm. bedside? Yeah. And it. The scene is so important as far as the as far as Riot and the, the makers of Arcane building the relationship that Jace and Victor had before Victor's evolution. Yeah. Um, and they like this is I think this is a only scene that I've seen so far that really like says to me, these guys are best friends. Yes. Like before everything before this, you could argue that they just are co-workers that get along well. But it, they, we now see that it's like, no, for Jace, Victor is his best friend. And I'm sure yeah. that tr the same is true for Victor at this point. But otherwise, this just marks that Victor is officially dying. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. no if, no ands, or buts about it. He is officially dying. And, um, and we follow this up with an action scene. Yep. So the Imagine Dragons uh, <laughs> transition from point A to point B. Uh, point B so turns out to be Sevica. Um, so the one-armed bandit of Silco's and, uh, yeah, we're going to talk, right? No. no, no words. That's the type <laughs> of shit I like this. Listen, <laughs> Vi's action scenes have been very character appropriate and they've been very well choreographed. Chore choreographed. Choreographed. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Choreographed. <laughs> and once again, like no words, good, good director work like the body shots the fighting's very real even though she has the robot arm to her advantage vi obviously has trained in boxing for a lot longer and has knows how to move so it doesn't matter what kind of equipment you have you can't hit me right and, and she's a russian mobster that survived the gulag <laughs> she's a russian mobster that like, uh, so boxing training and that bam easy um i do want to point out that like the robotic arm is a very practical use of shimmer yes. so this isn't someone just downing this drug and turning into basically a zombie. Yeah. Uh, the, we see that the shimmer is just being ejected directly to where the robot arm is. So it's, uh, I think you would even said it's like microdosing. Yeah. So we're seeing that Silco is refining this technology despite exactly. feeling like he needs hex tech to catch up with Piltover. Yep. Um, and I'm very interested to see if this, you know, microdosing ends up being important for other characters. Yes. Um, but we get the fight. Vi wins, kind of wins the fight. 
and then gets the spoiler that, oh no, you're looking for powder? Powder is number two. Powder is is basically Shoko's daughter. And we again get to see a very emotional reaction from Vi, which bites her in the butt because she gets stabbed. And that line is strong, right? Like her saying that's his daughter is what kind of puts a shock in her, right? Um, and the one thing that saves her, you know, we talk about Jace saving Victor at the last moments, right? And being there by his side. And now we have this new kind of budding relationship, which is Kate ends up saving Vi um, by pinging, uh, was it a Civica a couple times, getting her to run off. And then we get the, uh, the Easter egg here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, it's like, oh, no, I was looking out for you, little cupcake. It's like, oh, little cupcakes? <laughs> <laughs> That's what the guy yeah. screamed in the back of the theater. Oh, she said it. She <laughs> said the thing. Yeah, uh, I, I I, loved the part that, like, Vi, like, oh, you're a pretty good shot. Yeah. And then Caitlin being like, I'm an excellent shot. And, <laughs> that, like, that is, like, something of, like, especially when you know you're good at something. Yeah. And you can do it. And you you can see the results of just how good you are at it. And yeah. someone just can't appreciate it. So it's like, oh, I saw that you shot her three times in the robotic arm. You're a pretty good shot. No, she shot her in the same spot three times. Like Robin Hood back to back, baby. Yeah. Um, Character wise, this stood out to me when she said that. It's cool to see Kate with this confidence because usually when you have a sheltered character, um, that's being, you know, kind of brought and brought or brought out of their comfort zone. You tend to think, oh, maybe she only does things to make her mom proud or her parents. And Kate has none of that, which is cool. Yeah, she's yeah. sheltered. Yeah, she's posh, but she believes in herself and she has that that drive. She's trying to get out from under that umbrella. Yeah, like which is great because we get that from our last episode where we talk about mm-hmm. her taking the case over on her own. Yep. Yeah, uh, and. Then this scene cuts yep. to another scene, then cuts to a very abrupt ending. Very abrupt. So we get to see Sevica limping back to Silco, which, you know, gives a vibe of like, I'm off to, you know, go lick my wounds. Yeah. Um, and Sevica says, hey, I just got attacked by Vi. And Silco turns around, says, and he says, quote, Vi says, ass. Cut. cut. <laughs> so, Everybody you know, skate fast and eat ass. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so Silco turns to Sevica with yeah. a very panicked look on his face, buys alive and cut. cut. Yeah. Um, so, somewhere along the lines, he's convinced that Vi's dead. At no point has anyone in the show said that Vi's dead. So, I don't know what Silco's smoking i think the one the one good thing we can pull from this and this one we got to read into because of the abrupt cut right and is that silco knows what vengeance is and he knows vi's personality and he knows what he did to vander he knows this is a problem because remember the biggest problem is everything that's happening with jinx kind of being um overboard on what she's been doing and now he has all this attention on his back toss vi on top of that he doesn't even know about Caitlyn yet. And he's like, well, shit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have enough resources for this. You know, remember, when we look at the council, we look at everything they're dealing with in Piltover, they have resources. Silco is a one-man show right now. And, you know, just, he, just, besides Jinx. Yeah, justice for Silco, man. Justice <laughs> for Silco. He's going up 
against the corporations. He's the Robin Hood of the story. And <laughs> Thanks for listening. And we'll be back with the next Arcane episode. Take care, everybody. <laughs> yeah.